Hello and welcome back to In God We Trust podcast. Today I am continuing Genesis and I'm going to finish chapters 16 through 20. So last week I read chapters 11 through 15, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yep, 11 through 15. And I'll give you a quick recap of what that was. And then I will get right into chapter 16. So chapter 11 in Genesis was the Tower of Babel. That is when the people tried to make a name for themselves, and God was like, okay, I've had enough of that. He went down there, and he scattered their speech, and he made it so, I mean, there's all different languages now on the earth. So they couldn't communicate with each other, and they parted ways. So that's what happened in chapter 11. Chapter 12 was the call of Abram, and this is when the Lord said to Abram to leave his country and your father's household and go to a land that I will show you and that I will make you into a great nation. So Abram obeyed the Lord and he took off. And then he ended up in Egypt where he told his wife Sarai to tell the Egyptians to say that Sarah, Sarai, my bad, was his sister. And that caused a whole bunch of commotion. And yeah, you'll, if you want to hear that, you can go back and listen to last week's episode. And chapter 13 is Abram and Lot separated. And this was not because of Abram and Lot having beef between each other. It was because of their herdsmen. They were kind of quarreling with each other. So they were like, okay, you go over there and I'll go over here. So they separated. And chapter 14 is Abram rescues Lot. A bunch of kings uh, got fed up with each other and Then Abram kind of had to rescue Lot because he got caught in the middle of all that. So Abram kind of took down uh, some kings at nighttime. He had a plan and he kind of, it was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know, he kind of raided them, I guess. And then, yeah. And chapter 15 is God's covenant with Abram. And this is God telling Abram that he will have descendants, even though he is in old age. And Abram is like, what? And yeah, because I mean, if you are, let's say an old man and you are not able to have children and then you hear from the Lord, you're going to have kids, you'd be like, okay, what's going on? You know, so now we are on chapter 16 and this is Hagar and Ishmael. And basically who Hagar is, is a maid servant to Abram and Sarai and Since Abram and Sarai are not able to have children, Sarai said to Hagar, Hey, you okay with um, having a child with Abram? And she was like, yeah, sure. And then a whole bunch of commotion happens. And then the child is actually called Ishmael. So, but there's a whole lot that goes on in the story. And yeah, we will read that more. Uh, chapter 17, I guess I'll get into, I'll tell you about chapter 17 when I get there, but for now I'll just read chapter 16 to you, and then once I get to 17, I will tell you a little bit more about it. So, okay, we are about to read chapter 16, Genesis chapter 16, Hagar and Ishmael. Let's get right into it. Now Sarai. Abram's wife had borne him no children. 
but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Here's a side note. It's a did you know. What is a covenant? In Bible times, a covenant was a legal contract or a treaty. It was the strongest possible promise a person or country could make. The promises God made to Abram are his promises with Abram. Okay, now we will continue the reading. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for ten years, Sarai his wife took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms. And now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Okay, here's another did you know. Who was Hagar? Hagar was Sarah's slave. Because Sarah was childless, she gave her slave Hagar to Abram to be his wife also. This was common in Bible times, though God never approved of it. If the slave had a child, which Hagar did, the child could inherit the father's estate. Okay, now we will continue the reading. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now with the child, and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahoroi. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son. So Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 80 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael. Okay, so that is the story of Hagar and Ishmael. And that was chapter 16. So now Abram has a child. And so now chapter 17, we are going to read the covenant of circumcision. And basically, the Lord tells Abram about circumcision and what he should do with it. And Abram's just like, all right. So that's what happens in this chapter. And yeah, we'll just get right into it. When Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. 
I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you, the whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien. I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Okay, here's a did you know. What does the name Abraham mean? Abram means father. Abraham means father of many, because Abraham believed God. This childless old man became an ancestor of millions of people. Okay, now we will continue the reading. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you should be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of my covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner. Those who are not your offspring, whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarai will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him, an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarai will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household, or bought with his money, every male in his household, and circumcised them. As God told him, Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was thirteen. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that day. And every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. Okay, so that is the story of God's covenant of circumcision. So now we are reading chapter 18, and this is the three visitors. So after this, the Lord and two angels came to visit Abraham near a great tree. And she goes and gets a meal ready for the three visitors, which is the Lord and two angels. And then about halfway through this chapter, Abraham pleads for Sodom. Because right now, Lot is in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they're all, I don't know if it's committing adultery or doing lustful sins. Um, basically, they're all just doing terrible things, and the Lord is going to put an end to it. So, But Abraham knows that Lot is down there, so he pleads for Sodom. So we'll read that halfway through this chapter. 
So, here we go. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent, in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me go get you something to eat, so you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they said. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three says of fine flour, and knead it, and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice, tender calf, and gave it to his servant, who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk, and the calf that had been prepared, and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah? they asked him. There, in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. Okay, so that is Abraham feeding the three visitors, the Lord and two other angels. And now we will read Abraham pleading for Sodom. So, they're gonna the three visitors, which is the Lord and two angels. They're gonna be talking about it a little bit, and then Abraham's gonna be like, "What's going on?" And then, yeah, okay, here we go. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation." And all nations on earth will be blessed through him, for I have chosen him, so that he will direct his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just, so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not... I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are fifty righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of fifty righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again, Now that I have been so bold to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of righteous is five less than fifty? 
Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If I find forty-five there, he said, I will not destroy it. But once again he spoke to him. What if only forty are found there? He said, For the sake of forty I will not do it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only thirty can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only twenty can be found there? He said, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found there? He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. While the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Okay, so that was a lot of talking there with Abraham and the Lord. But that was Abraham pleading for Sodom. So now chapter 19 is Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed. And basically, the two angels pull up, and they see Lot sitting there in the gateway. And Lot is a good man, and he was like, oh, come into my home. Don't don't go into the town square. And then they were like, no, we want to go there. And then he was like, no, come into my home. And then the men of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, their sin is so grievous, um, they came to Lot's door and they were like, hey, bring those guys out here. Uh, we want to have sex with them. And then Lot was like, no, no. And then, yeah, it, it just escalated pretty quickly. And then the Lord destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. So that is what we are reading right now. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night, and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them, and shut the door behind him, and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you like with them. But don't do anything to these men for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, This fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge? We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so that they could not find the door. These two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, Hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, 
or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand in the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives, don't look back, and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains, or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, Very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly, because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town is called Zor. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah, from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew these cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities, and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to lie with us. As it is custom all over the earth, let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him, and preserve our family line through our father. That night they got their father to drink wine, and the older daughter went in to lay with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again, and you go in and lie with him, so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went and lay with him. Again he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami, and he is the father of the Ammonites of today. Okay, so now we are reading about Abraham and Abelamech, and basically Abraham said to Abelamech that Sarah is his sister, once again because he thought that he was going to be treated poorly, and the Lord said to Abelamech in a dream, that is Abraham's wife, don't touch her. And so he got terrified, and he was like, okay, okay. And yeah, that's basically what happens in this chapter. So here we go. Now Abraham moved on from there into a region of the Najive, and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar. And there Abraham said to his wife, Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abelamech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abelamech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abelamech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, 
Will he destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, She is my sister? And didn't she also say, He is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Then God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all yours will die. Early the next morning, Abilamech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abilamech called Abraham in and said, What have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that should not be done. And Abilamech asked Abraham, What was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, There is surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not my mother. And she became my wife. And when God had me wander from my father's household, I said to her, This is how you can show your love to me. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abelamech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abelamech said, My land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover over the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abilamech, his wife, and his slave girls, so they can have children again. For the Lord had closed up every womb in Abilamech's household because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. Okay, so that is chapter 20. That is the five chapters that we are reading today in Genesis. And yeah... That, that's calling our day. So, um, I'm just gonna add that if you are, if you feel like you're struggling right now, um, just keep praying and know that your thoughts are kind of driving your life, and that you are behind the wheel for certain things, and through prayer, uh, God will kind of show you ways. But it's it's up to you to decide whether you want to follow that voice of like positive thinking and just a good lifestyle or to just keep living in self-pity and like play the blame game it's oh it's always me type of thing um just try to sort those thoughts out and follow God's voice because he is speaking to you and when he's silent he's working but you can't always see it and you don't know what's going on but just trust him because he has a plan. Okay, well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. Have a great day, and God bless. Mm-hmm.